You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is good, Goat Flippers? How are you doing today? Thank you for checking out this episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast, the number one metal and hardcore podcast in all of the world. How is your summer going? I don't know if you have been living under a rock or not, but a lot of tours and a lot of festivals are being announced. Things seem to be heading in the right direction. We shall see if these things uh, go through. Or if they get, you know, rescheduled. We're fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. You know, every couple episodes, I I really do want to go ahead and thank you, the listener, for, you know, constantly listening to the show, sharing the show, doing whatever. We really, really, really appreciate, you know, you listening and checking out the show. We also want to go ahead and thank everyone that has a hand in, you know, helping us get guests on the show, editing the show. Well, that's me. I, I do the entire show myself. But anyway, anyone that helps me facilitate the show i want to thank you personally so thank you very much also i want to go ahead and shout out the poolside podcast a couple weeks back they had me on their little show called scene Court jeopardy it was a blast uh you should definitely check that out and on this episode of the podcast we have kyle and chris from south florida band body snatcher and if this is your first time checking out the show if you dig the content that we create here on the podcast go ahead and throw us a follow subscribe if you can rate us on the platform you're listening to us on Definitely give us the highest rating. Maybe write a review about the show. It always helps us out with the algorithm of the podcast, you know, workings of the internet. I don't know how that actually goes and works, but it helps. Visit lambgoat.com for all your updates on the hardcore and metal world, plus everything in between. Follow Lambgoat on social media. Give us a like on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lambgoat. If you would rather watch podcasts than listen to them, head over to Lambgoat's YouTube page, and you can find all these episodes in video format. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and that alert bell so you're always notified when new episodes or Lambgoat content is uploaded. And if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. Go ahead and tweet me what you thought about this episode. Don't forget to visit the show notes while you're listening to this episode. You can find all of these links in there. Plus, you can find the Spotify playlist. Now let's go snatch some bodies. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is stuff. Oh no. <laughs> Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up, Van Flippers? Welcome back to another highly anticipated episode of the greatest metal and hardcore internet podcast show there is on the webs. The Van Flip Podcast. I'm here with Kyle and Chris of the Florida band Body Snatcher. Welcome to the show, dudes. What's up? Glad to be here. Okay. We also <laughs> talked about not talking over each other, so they're just trying to be extra cautious. They're not that awkward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you guys, uh, you got, how are you doing, man? Another Florida band, you know? Um, I was just a little late to this episode because uh, I was previously recording the one with Frank from Hatebreed, uh, the one you, the listeners have listened to last week, as they say in the business. But, you know, I totally forgot that you guys covered the Smash Your Enemies song from them. Yeah. And right. uh, I should have mentioned it on the podcast. That would have been great to see if he had heard it. You know what I mean? That yeah, that would have been sick. It might have been a cool yeah. sound clip for the band. So apologies. Like I said earlier, shit host. But anyway... Uh, you guys did cover a, a, a hate breed song, and it's just random that you guys are following the hate breed episode on the Van Flip. Yeah, I know. I thought that was crazy too. 
super sick. Uh, that was actually probably the the heavy band that got me into heavy music was Hatebreed, uh, and then obviously like Slipknot bands like that. But Hatebreed, uh, my dad actually showed me that band when I was very young. So uh, it's crazy that it's come full circle at this point now. Your dad showed so. you the band? Yes. Dude, his dad still wears like pitchfork shirts and stuff. Like, it's cool. Yeah. He he wears uh he uh like Throwdown and Ice Pick and all those bands. So nice, cool. It's uh it's really cool that uh. Geez, how old is your dad? Uh, fifty nine, sixty. Holy crap! He's he's older, yeah. I mean, um, so how did he get in? How did he even find like Hatebreed? Was he just always into that kind of style of music, or yeah? So just kind of like into that sort of music, and obviously Hatebreed uh, in the early two thousands was really really popping. Not not that they aren't still popping, but they were just I feel like humongous. So I mean, oh yeah, and you Jamie, know. Gosh, Jamie was like the host of Headbangers Ball back then, so it was like everybody knew Hatebreed. You know? We were that just is true. we were just talking about this on the last episode. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's strange because like your dad would be probably around my dad's age, and I just don't foresee my dad like repping a Throwdown shirt. Although I would be totally okay with it. You know what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> it's it's cool. For you can sure. it's cool that you connect like that with your dad. I guess. Definitely. Um, I think I get a lot of, uh, I took a lot of, um, I guess, I, I guess interests from him. So it's, I'm thankful for that for sure, because I feel like, uh, without that early, uh, exposure to that sort of stuff, I feel like, you know, uh, you can't really say like, Oh, I would have, I would have found it on my own or whatever, but like it definitely, I'm glad that it was there for me to be exposed to it like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm I'm definitely the the oldest member in the band, and he. I think you're still the youngest, right? I'm 25 years old, so yeah. I think so. And, and uh, but yeah, it's crazy because like he was going to shows when he was like 13 or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like hanging out with with like a bunch of the older heads, and yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it was uh, pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, um, I was going to shows 13, 14 years old. And, um, that was like, you know, when you're that young, you know, that there's obviously bands that are at the top that are huge. And you're like, wow, those are like the commercial Mm -hmm. big bands. But then, you know, you go to a local show and it's like, you're, you're completely exposed to all this other shit. And, um, it's like, you know, going to shows that young, it was like, going and seeing Call to Preserve and Seventh Star, and it's like, you completely have no idea what's going on, but you're like, oh my god, this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I remember living that. I remember living that life. I mean, I'm, I'm a little older than 25, unfortunately, but I remember I, I, I remember like just growing up, and like Evergreen Terrace was a local band here, obviously, uh, in yeah. my area. Uh, only say obviously because they are familiar with Florida as well, not saying that everyone should know that I am from the same area as evergreen terrace but anyway um so going to a lot of those early shows with like early on broken wings and early shattered realm and early bands like that magic fest magic fest 2004 did you go to that you remember magic fest in florida it was like the hugest fest like where was it it was uh it was on the east coast it was like in in uh I don't know no. if it was like West Palm or, or oh, probably no, probably not. Unfortunately, I think I remember it hearing like about it. Every single eulogy band, but then every trust kill band, like mm. it was like like Walls of Jericho on Broken Wings until the end. Uh, like at, from from those days, it's like every band that you could have right. wanted to be when I was there. And it was just like the most chaotic show I'd ever been to in my life. Some of those bands, yeah. Some of those bands like Shattered Realm and stuff like that and, oh, and, and, oh, and yeah. Unbroken Wings, when they would come, like some of their like crew would come as well, well and they would enter they, the mosh pit and they would mosh totally differently than we did down here. And it was frightening sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That Well, that's like, yeah, those dudes were doing security at Magic Fest. <laughs> yeah. and, but... That's like, I don't know. That's kind of the reason why I kept going to shows was because you get like this crazy rush of adrenaline when shows are that violent. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, be because shows were that violent, but like people were 
there was there were some people that were okay with it, a lot of people that weren't okay with it. But to me, like that's what kept me going to shows was that was that like violence and it was like a place where people could actually be violent and it was it was like okay and uh like to me like that will that that was hardcore to me and i fucking loved it so <laughs> fucking much you definitely had to keep your head on a swivel for sure and I, I, oh I, yeah no you had you had to you had to definitely be aware of everything at all times yeah uh, but, but. people ahead of people on top of you people either like coming over from behind you crowd surfing yeah. or yeah. crowd killing or crowd stomping or crowd walking yeah. or yeah. you know the pit just opening up right next to you randomly and then you're like on the wall and or you might be in the Loved middle it. of it it's crazy times man and again like that's that's an allure and a rush that you are attracted to a little bit and i still to this day like on not like in major festival type settings but like in regular venue concert venues i'm still yeah. i still get like as close to the pit like i'll be right there you know what i mean i'll yeah. be right oh, yeah. there i'm not i'm not I, trying I, to get in it anymore but i'm right there still yeah, I I agree. I'm not I'm not a uh, I'm I'm old as well, and uh, I'm not not trying to get in it anymore. But I do I do enjoy watching the festivities happen. <laughs> I will say sometimes I do get wrapped up and I get into it. That's it. Sometimes, but I just I just like being there. I've always liked being like uh, I'm not trying to be pressed up on anybody anymore. You know, because I'm like to the age mm-hmm. where like I don't necessarily want to be like mushed like a sardine in the front of the crowd. But that's the environment that I grew up in, so I like to be as close to that as possible. Yeah, I, for sure. There's there's one band that that kind of they uh, they got it out of me. There's a band that it's out right now called Strangled, mm-hmm. and uh, dude, it the, you just can't you can't help it. They're, they're the type of band you see them live, and you're just like motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I go ahead. Sorry. I I think um, I think. It's the pure aggression and uh, all the adrenaline and just seeing, like, it just all fucking go down is what is, like, that, that was the draw for me as well. Like, when I started going to shows, it was like, oh, my God, I don't know what's happening, but, like, this is this is fucking madness. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what drew me and had me continue to go to shows over the years and everything. And uh, same thing, like what Chris just said, that band Strangled is just that that's literally all of those feelings as a band and it's it's fucking insane and uh yeah i really enjoy it as well <laughs> <laughs> well i think yeah, people, like, i think people that just get i think people that grew up going to shows uh will continue to continue to go to shows whether i mean uh until they have like outside responsibilities and i just am one of those individuals that has gotten older that doesn't necessarily have that many outside responsibilities outside of myself so I've continued to just go to shows like that's been my entire, you know, I've, I go to this past year has been so crazy because the guy who I also do the podcast with JP, we do all the uh, lamb goat, you know, video stuff together. And we, whatever, blah, blah, blah. we attend so many shows throughout the year, just in general, whether they be big shows that we're covering or even like small, small room, 50 pack house shows. You know what I mean? We'll mm-hmm. go to those kind of shows. And it's just so strange that we haven't gone in over a year and a half now. And Dude, uh, it's so weird. Yeah. It's so yeah. fucking weird. But I feel like those, yeah, we just go to shows cause we like going to shows, even if it wasn't yep. violent. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. Just go, just going to see people let it out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that's, that's all it is. Just going see, see emotion. That's it. You know? Yeah. And it's uh, and real emotion, you know? I, I think another big draw for me was, um, it was, there were shows, and I, I can't, you know, speak for everybody, you know, even people listening, maybe this is true, maybe it's not, but uh, when I was going to shows, it was, it was very tight knit, at least back then. Yeah. And I remember just when I was in high school, it was like, that's where all my friends were every weekend. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like we had shows every week, it was every Friday. And if it wasn't every Friday, it was every other Friday. And it was, you know, you name it, hardcore bands, metalcore bands, deathcore bands, uh, just all that stuff. And it was like all my friends were there every time. You know what I'm saying? So it was like not only was I getting to listen to music that I liked and be able to be in a show setting, but I was I was also seeing my friends that I didn't see all the time. You know what I mean? Whether it was my friends that were at the same high school as me or, you know, 
friends that were 15, 20 minutes out or even, you know, maybe even 30 minutes out. And that was, uh, that was something that I held dear. Um, and, and like you know. that, uh, that scene, most kids in high school, they don't know real friendship like kids in the hardcore scene had, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I still have friends. I'm, I'm 33. I still have friends that I was friends with when I was 13 when I was when I first started going to shows that are literally my best friends in the world still. Yeah. And most people that are that are in high school, they have friends, but they're not like they don't they don't make the same type of connection that kids in the scene make, I feel like. Because oh. a lot a lot of people are like, damn, you still have friends from back then? I'm like, yeah, and like, that's so weird, you know? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I remember before like before even MySpace, before like I don't know if you remember Live Journal, but uh, of course, bro. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> down in the in the in the scene where I grew up going, there were like there was like a bunch of like Fucking like crust punk bands and stuff. There was a band called Evil Existence that was from here, and um, but like there was there was a Barnes and Noble where I was from that had like a Starbucks connected to it. Kids won't even nobody, know what Barnes and Noble is nowadays. <laughs> it's so crazy. But uh, there was no, there was no like internet or anything. But I knew one hundred percent if I went to that Starbucks, somebody that I know would be there reading, reading like AP magazine or or Revolver or something on the patio, and I could go there at any point in time without saying anything to anybody or couldn't text it then either. Yeah, no. <laughs> but there'd be somebody that I knew that was there. You know what I mean? It was just like it was so sick. It definitely was a. Um... It definitely was. It always felt like tight knit. It always felt tight knit, and that was one of the things that also allured me, or, or lured me into the scene was like how tight knit it was, and how, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to use words like gang or brotherhood or anything like that, but it felt like brothers and stuff like that. And a lot Dude, of I, a lot of my friends my, are are still from the that time period as well. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah my my friends that I had, I mean, I'd say I'm closer to a lot of those people than I am a, a lot of people in my direct family. Yeah. Yeah, when um the band has been going for quite a while. I'm I'm 25 now. The band Yeah, let's go, let's leave. actually get into the band, Kyle, cuz we have well, yet the, to get into the band <laughs> or discuss well, what this, anyone does in the band. Kyle's the singer of Body Snatcher, <laughs> who is our guest this week. Chris is the drummer, also backup vocals we've already discussed, <laughs> and he does some pro, uh, production on the band. <clears throat> but anyway, Let's talk about the band, Kyle. Go with, like, you, what were you saying? So, um, what I was gonna say was I was gonna add on to what you guys were talking about with just friends and all that stuff. But the band started when I was, I'd say, freshly eighteen, maybe what twenty twenty fourteen was when we became like a band playing shows, and um, a lot of my friends from back then, when I was younger, had stopped going to shows. They all stopped. And when we became a band again, it was like it, it goes back to all that is like they all started coming to shows again because of the band. Like essentially they were like, you know, I was the younger kid in that whole group of all that. So it was like when we started playing shows. They all came out of the woodwork and were like, oh, well, he's playing shows. So I'm going to go and support my, you know, my younger brother at that point. You know what I'm saying? So they all came to shows. And that was really cool because. To me, it meant a lot because I'm like, wow, like all these people that stopped coming came out because, you know, we're playing shows. And Mm -hmm. that was just meant a lot to me. And um, like Chris said, like a lot of people that I met from local shows are still my friends now. Some of my closest friends, some of my closest friends, man, like um, our merch guy. I've known him since I was literally a child. (laughs) So it's like it's crazy to me. And, you know, we've been best friends forever. So it's like he goes on tour with us all the time and it's just uh it's stuff like that 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 has made me also stick around and um andy's the best bird guy in the world yeah (laughs) it's also a bonus he he is awesome he fucking sells the shit out of shirts and uh that's what you need in a merch guy that's exactly what you need in a merch guy yeah you gotta be able to sell the shit out of shirts (laughs) (laughs) or anything so Uh, um, you know i'm I'm thankful for all those friendships and I'm thankful for where we are and where the band's gotten. And, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that I, uh, decided to go to those local shows back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. man, cause I don't know where I would have ended up. 
So I'm I'm happy for that. <laughs> Kudos to that. So let's talk about the band even a little more in depth. Let's let's talk about how you guys how how did you guys form? Because obviously there is a there's a decent age gap between both of you guys. Oh, <laughs> and you were and you <laughs> already said that you know Kyle was running around with the old heads, being a little young rat running around there was, here. Uh, there was a uh, there was a a a. A massive member change, and that's that's where I came in at. So he, the band had started, and they were playing shows. And I remember, like, because I've always done the studio thing, and I was in a I was in a band for a while, and I stopped touring because I started doing the studio full time, and I ended up working on Body Snatchers' first full length record before they got signed or anything, and they ended up getting signed to a label after we're like, we finished that record, that record got them signed. And then after they had done, I think it was one tour as a signed band. They had done tours before that, but they weren't, they weren't like a signed band and it was all like self booked and stuff. And they did one tour as a signed band and three of the members, I believe left to go tour with another band that they were on tour with. And, but while, while, while I was tracking the record, I was like, damn, I really like that shit. And if that band ever loses their drummer, I'm going to tell them I'll play drums for it, you know? And that's literally how it happened. And all that shit happened. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And he was like, no fucking way, you know? (laughs) And and I was like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. And he's like, well, what about guitar and bass? And I was like, well, I toured with this band, Float Face Down, and I love their bass player, super nice dude. And he's like about the same age as me. And he had been used to touring and stuff like that. And I, I feel like when you get members that are that have toured previously, right? And, and you know how the, what they're like on the road, it's just going to be an easier process. You don't have to you don't have to weed through the the the, the weaklings that can't handle it on the road. You know what I mean? Because it is hard. It of is course. Not and right. um, so then right. I, we didn't. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say so. Yeah. So he um well Flow Face Down had a uh they their their singer passed away and he actually got asked to do vocals for a couple of songs for like they had like a memorial show for him. They had like a couple of their, their friends vocalists come up and, and do vocals for their memorial show and Kyle was one of the people. And uh so he met their bass player there as well and I was like, Fuck yeah and then there was a kid Another kid, Kyle. So there's three Kyles in the band now, completely back. And another kid, Kyle, that I was in a band with previously. And he was like, yeah, I'll fucking play guitar. And we literally did one tour with all three of us. Or like the, the all three new members with Medina. And not a single argument. Everyone did what they were supposed to do with nobody asking them. Like, like our load ins were flawless. Our, our, our changeovers were flawless. Loading up was so easy. Driving every night was easy. Like everyone just got along. And now it's been three years and we've never been in an argument on tour. And we all just think farts are really funny. And <laughs> none of us drink or, or, or party really, you know, like, like, some of the some of the other guys will have a beer here and there, but like nobody ever gets fucked up while we're on tour, and we just play shows, have fun, drive, and eat food, and you know, it's just it's 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 been really it's been a, the easiest band I've been in my whole life by far. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh... yeah. It was crazy how it all worked out for me because me being younger than Chris and uh, Kyle Shope, our bass player, was just. It's crazy to me from the standpoint where everything happened because, like, as he said, like, you know, um, we had that member change. And basically what ended up happening was Chris was like, yeah, I'll play drums. And unfortunately, um, we had a tour and these like basically everything can happen right before this tour, two weeks before this tour happened. So I'm like, well, fuck. Um, We still have to do this tour, but it's such short notice that both Kyle Shope and Chris were like, well, fuck, like it's a little short notice. So I did a tour with all fill-ins. It was just me. And we did this, this tour it was a month, I believe a month long. And then we came back and then 
we went out, I believe it was the first Ingested tour. Uh, we toured with this band called Ingested from the UK. And we, uh, no, we went out. And yeah, and it was, Chris was on it. Kyle Shope was on it. And this was before Kyle Carter on guitar had joined. We had our previous guitar player. Um, <clears throat> and that went great. And basically Kyle Shope, when I went and sang for Float Face Down, um, it, it, the way it all happened was just so, it, it was crazy because like, this was before everybody had left and we'd parted ways with the previous members. And it was like, I had met Kyle Shope and Chris was like, oh, hell yeah, I know him. And I'm like, cool. And then, you know, when all that had happened and whatever, a couple months down the road, um, I remember at the show, Kyle Shope was like, yeah, I hate living a super boring life because my band broke up years ago. And this is like the nail in the coffin for it because, you know, Ron passed away. So he's like, floats not going to it's never going to happen again. And I'm like, well, fuck, man, I'm sorry. Like, if I ever hear about any band needing, you know, a bass player or if you want to tour with somebody or something, I'll let you know. And it was just so crazy that, like, a couple months later, it was like, holy shit, like, let's just ask Kyle Shope. And I fucking called him and he's like, yeah, man, uh, I remember what he said, too. He was like, I, uh, give me a week. I'm going to think about it. I'm like, you know, Chris, Chris is going to be touring with us. You know, Chris from a decade ago. So there's that. He's like, all right, well, let me think about it because I, I. I want to think about my options and I want to make sure this is the right choice. I'm like, okay, cool. So he calls me a week later and he's like, I'm in. <laughs> so um, we do that tour and halfway through the tour, he's like, I'll join if you guys will have me. <laughs> so, and it was crazy to me because like Chris said, like his old band, I was a huge fan of his old band when I was younger. So that was crazy enough for me. And then the whole float face down thing. I also listened to them when I was in high school. So it was just like, so crazy how life can work out sometimes where you're just like holy shit like i went from listening to these guys band to now they're in the band you know what i'm saying yeah and like not to be a complete nerd but like dude like this is this is what i'm talking about like this is chris's old fucking band like i have a fucking poster in my goddamn room you know what i'm saying like it's 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 that is literally the craziest shit to me like i still know i don't even believe it man like I still think about it all the time, and I'm like, "How did this get here to this point, man? Like, it's so crazy to me." So, how and, did um, it get there? How, how, like, so you you had a massive member change, which obviously sounds like uh, everyone but you exited the band, right? So, what ended up happening was when they when we parted ways with them or whatever, our guitar player at the time, and like Chris said, he had been recording us already for our previous full length. And when those guys left, me and the guitar player at the time were like, all right, well, fuck, we have this song that we were going to do as a single anyway. So let's go and hit up Chris. And we'll record the song real quick and we'll come back swinging because everybody at that point had known that we had lost those members. So the general consensus online, unfortunately, was, you know, you go on Reddit and you go on Facebook and everybody's like, rest in peace, this band. And it's like, well, fuck, man, because like, you know, it wasn't necessarily like the most seamless transition. It was just like kind of public. And I wish it wasn't like that, but you know, it's the past of the past is fine. <laughs> and so we were like, fuck, we need to let people know that we're not going to break up. So we need to come out fucking swinging with the song. So when we re went and recorded with Chris, he was like, I'd fucking do it. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and then three days later, after we recorded the song, he texted me and he was like, you know, I'm being serious, right? Like I'm, I'm, not kidding <laughs> and that was they, mind-blowing to me yeah they, uh, they, they had came in with a single and it was, it was it was just him and frankie the 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 one guitar player that was left at the time and they, they had a song but they didn't have like drums written or anything and i'm like dude i'll fucking i'll do all the drums right right fucking now in the in studio you know what i mean and they're like oh okay you know so <laughs> So we just did it and we were all like, damn, this song fucking rips. And I was like, God damn it. This is so much fun. Like, like I missed being in a band, you know, I missed, I missed just like being aggressive on stage and just like, I don't know. It's so much different than, than like, you think you're not going to miss it, but once you do it again, I was like, fuck, like, this is so sick. So I just like, Basically, I had like a, a new a new spark in me that made me really want to 
pursue a band and like and, and try try and make it worth it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the la- the last band that I was in, like people thought that it was that it was good, but like we never profited anything. Like we lost so much fucking money our whole lives. We ate shit for so fucking long. Like like and it just wasn't it just wasn't worth it. It was really fucking hard. And I so I didn't think that I wanted to do it anymore. And as soon as we wrote that song together, I was like, I, I was like, no, nah, like I know too, too many people in the industry. Like I know too much about it to not be able to make this work. And now that like I have the knowledge that I have now, I feel like it's going to be much easier. And like within that first year of us getting the new members, it was like the band doubled in size and, and we've literally more than doubled in size every year since then. A hundred percent. We're like quadruple the size that we were at that time. And I think another thing that really uh, possibly convinced you as well was that it was like, it wasn't like you said, where it was, you know, it was people that had absolutely no knowledge whatsoever. It was like, we were already a touring band at that point. We, you know, we already had established. So it was like, it wasn't like completely starting over like, fuck man, like we have nothing. You know what I mean? Like it was already a base and it was like, Okay, well now we can take this base and see what we can do with it, you know. And I and I knew everyone. Like even even though Frankie isn't in the band anymore, um I I really I love Frankie. He like like I, I liked I liked you and Frankie so much and I knew that Cal Shope was joining on and I was like, damn, this is gonna be so it's gonna be so easy, you know what I mean? But then so we did that one tour with Ingested, that was me, Kyle Shope, and Frankie was still a guitar player. And then after that tour, uh Basically, like the, the couple of days after we got home, right? It was, Frankie was like, "Hey guys, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this anymore." And I think he really just needed to take time for himself, like, like, like mentally. And uh, it just wasn't like being away from his family and stuff for as long as we were, because that tour was like close to it was over two months, yeah, two or three months, three months. And um, but he was already talking about adding Kyle Carter, our current guitar player, in as a second guitar player. So, like, we were already showing Carter the, the songs and stuff. And then Frankie said that he, he could didn't think he was going to be able to do it anymore. And then that's when Carter became the full-time guitar player. And then then we really buckled down. We wrote... We wrote four. We wrote and recorded four songs in five days, and had it sent out to the label, and then had two music videos filmed two weeks after that. And like, then it was just like bam, 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 and everything just started skyrocketing. It was sick. Yeah, it was crazy too because like when the, uh, everything happened, and this is not common knowledge. Uh, this is like a um, very like whoa, really? So when when I was initially going to do that tour with all the fill-ins, um, there was a couple people that I had in mind. And we were originally, we were going to, you you know Ryan from Adalia, right? Yeah. So Ryan knew, from Adalia was going to play in Body Snatcher and he broke his hand a week before we went on tour. So that completely put the kibosh on that. Yeah. And then uh, we almost had the, if you remember that band from around, they're around your time when King Conquer was a band, like 2010, 2011, uh, Demolisher. We were gonna. The yeah. guitar player from Demolisher was gonna play, and he uh, he's a lawyer now, so he was like, uh, <laughs> "I don't know if I want to do the touring thing again." I'm like, "I understand that, man. I I get you. It's just you popped into my mind, you know." So it's crazy how things have gone and how everything. It's crazy how life works out because you never think it's gonna, you know, uh, go crazy places, but sometimes it does. So I'm yeah. thankful for it. <laughs> yeah, everything just ended up lining up very easily and seamlessly without having like yeah we put in a whole lot of work but it was like normally finding members that you like can actually mesh with takes years you know yeah no i I, yeah i agree i agree oh yeah um what time frame was this massive member change this was 2018 2018 oh i thought it was 2017 okay so 2018 so this is after you guys have put out death of me or whatever correct yeah yeah and yeah, then yeah. we put out we put out the Death of Me Deluxe and all the new songs that were on that were were the songs that the new members had written. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And then obviously in 2020 you guys released uh This Heavy Void and yeah. that, that was a pretty massive record for you guys so far. Yeah. We only got to do one tour on it, but <laughs> but that one tour was like 
Well, I can't even express how good it Like, we did not think it was going to do as good as it did. It was so fucking sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, so what do you think... A, a, what do you think accredited to like just the success of the album? Honestly, uh, I, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the fact that it was not only, um, it went off of the deluxe songs, like the way that the band progressed sound wise, I think it was perfect progression sound wise. And also the, the fact that it was more personal and not just, uh, not, not to say that everything wasn't personal before, but it was like, it, it's, uh, it's easier to relate to all those songs and whatnot, and I feel like that definitely helped. Um, I was gonna say, and uh, and we toured a a shit ton. Like, yeah, that is true too. <laughs> twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, like we did, dude. We toured a lot. We did, especially like the end of twenty eighteen into twenty nineteen. Like we ended, we ended with that second ingested tour so we did we did the first ingested tour and then we did that for the fallen dreams run that was a canada run as well and then we also did the second ingested tour with like enterprise earth and stuff and we were home for like a month then we did the lorna shore enterprise earth Earth straight into chelsea grin that was like three months long Mm -hmm. and then Right after that, we did that Slaughter to Prevail run with us as direct support. And then as we're on that tour, our singles started to release for this heavy void. And we had like a, we had like a three month release plan that was like a music video every month and stuff like that. And then by the time the fourth music video was coming out, we had already announced our tour for 2020. And so, like, we were, like, the last tour a lot of people got to see in 2020 because our tour started uh, January 21st or something like that and ended March 5th. So Yeah. We got home a week before the lockdown happened. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And we all got really sick on that tour. (laughs) I also got really sick around that time frame as well. Yeah, yeah, and I actually, say, I want to. Did you guys play here? I want to say you guys might have played here. We like, played Jacksonville, like on a one-off show in between those. Uh, where where was that? I forget. It was some like it was it was like a like a some fest thing. Hmm. We headlined it. Um, that might be why the name. It was. I forget so, what the fest, what the name of it was, but there was a uh, like that band Backslide from Georgia played. Um, who else played that? I think Scattershot played. Was it was it last year or was it? Uh, it was twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Hmm. No, I was thinking. Oh was- no, we and we did play. We played there with For the Fallen Dreams too. Um, on that For the Fallen Dreams tour and at the, like the regular venue, it's like a pretty nice venue actually. Was it nineteen oh four? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that might. I almost been. couldn't. I almost couldn't play that show. That was so yeah, sick. Yeah, you were like, had a fever. He like, I couldn't even get him out of the van. And I was like, we're just going to play with no vocalists and just because like, we got to like do something, you know? And he just like sat in the van with his hoodie on, just sweated for like four hours straight and walked on the stage and, and ended up ripping. But <laughs> <laughs> it sucked balls that whole time. I was like, I'm, I might die, dude. Yeah, wouldn't it be crazy though if that if like you actually did get the Rona? If that's how you went? No, no, no. Now that no, no. Now that you went that way, but you actually got like the Rona, and you all had uh, like, you all just passed the Rona around the tour bus, and then I, you're I think you're unknowingly spreading it. You know, I think that might have happened for our headliner in 2020. I know Ethan from Great American Ghost. Uh, he said that he got tested for antibodies, and they said that he had it. Wow, crazy. But when he, because he went to the hospital on our headliner because he was so sick, and they were like, "Well, you don't have the flu," and just sent him home or just sent him back to the van. Yeah, and like, sent him <laughs> and that was in Erie, Pennsylvania. We were all really sick. But yeah. I, I was like, I was playing drums in a hoodie every night, just like for like four nights, just trying to break my fever. Mm. How long were but, y'all sick for? Everyone got sick twice, actually. I know Ethan from Great American Ghost was sick for I mean a good almost two weeks. I feel like he was he he had he had it pretty bad for a while. 
And Tyler Sachs from Born Anew, their drummer, he was really sick. Yeah, they couldn't play for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, they had to take two days or three days off. And this was what, right before everything? Like this was February twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got sick around that time too. Yeah. Oh well, interesting. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> Who knows? I got I, mean, my, I got my vaccine though, so what's up? <laughs> There you yeah, go. they told me when I went to the hospital, they said, it looks like you have bronchitis, but uh, your lungs are really inflamed. And uh, here, take these medicine, uh, th- these two, take this steroid and this pill and uh, you'll be fine. And then they sent me on my way. <laughs> yeah, like, they gave you a Z-pack or something, I think. <laughs> well, they gave me that and they gave me like a steroid and they're like, take this and take the Z-pack and drink lots of water. But you were like good like a couple of days after that actually. But you were sick for like a week before you went to the hospital. Oh yeah, it was bad. I uh, I got fed up with it and I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm I'm Ubering to the walk in. <laughs> Interesting. So. Um, so not to change the subject, but like, what's on the what's on the horizon for for you guys? Because you guys unfortunately released your album in 2020, and then early 2020, and like you said, got to play a show on it. And now fast forward a year and a half later, uh, you know, are you planning on supporting that record after everything's said and done? Uh, well, or I mean, there, obviously you probably a, had a lot of downtime within this now, within this. Line yeah. There's a, I feel like there's a couple, there's a couple options. And, and, and in my mind, there's a couple options like going into the whole lockdown thing. I was, I was like, there's either going to be bands that are, that are just not going to do anything because they don't want to like waste their time on their, like they want to tour on the records they had put out. And then there's going to be bands that are trying to put things out still. And in my mind, I wanted to keep putting things out because if you can't play shows, you're not in front of people's eyes. And the only way to be in people's eyes is to have a new song on a Spotify playlist or have a music video or something and music videos for songs that have already been released, never do as well as music videos for songs that haven't been released. So we we kind of like had this plan to record a bunch of singles and we have been, so we put out a single in December. We put out a single um, in February. We did the Hey Breed song this month and we got a couple other things that I can't really say, but <laughs> like there, there, there's more things happening. Uh, this month, actually, there's something happening. And then some other things are happening after that. And then something huge is happening after that. <laughs> but I can't, I can't really say what it is because, you know, people think that one thing is happening, but it's not the thing happening that they think is happening. And I'm stoked that nobody catches on to stuff. So uh, it's going to be cool. Cool. Well, we'll figure out what's happening later. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll tell you what's happening later. But <laughs> Nice. Well, okay, cool. Um, so not to go back to the member change, but like you guys were obviously a band already prior and you already had a sound. How much did the, the, the complete swap out affect everything, especially with, oh. the, with the heavy void? Huge, man. I mean um... – you know, we we started out as a res- relatively like slow deathcore band, and then we pretty much like we've progressed into more of a. I guess we utilize more of the the hardcore side of deathcore. When you say that, you know what I mean. Like we utilize that more so than the metal side now. And I feel like before, like we we always had kind of both anyway. But I feel like before it was it wasn't as prominent as it is now. Um, like we have more two steps and more stomp beats and more more hardcore parts than we did before. And I think that's what's like helped us be able to um, expand the range of things that we can do. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think also with them, with everybody else being in other bands prior, I think that also helped to be able to. Um, sculpt the sound with their previous knowledge of already knowing how to write mean pissed off music if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like basically we took all of the parts that were aggressive and mean from their other bands and we injected it into this band now 
So, like, let's say, like, for example, Kyle Shove's band was a little bit more technical, but they had, like, mean parts. We just took all the mean parts. Or, like, Chris's band, like, we took all the mean the mean parts, the aggressive parts, and we've tried to uh, basically just inject that all into Body Snatcher and be just anger and mean parts, basically. Yeah, and, and it was, like, everyone in the in the band now like has has a lot of experience writing and structuring out songs to like to to be delivered in a certain way you know what i mean and it's yeah. like you can write you can write a part that's heavy and you're like oh that part's heavy but if you don't go into that heavy part correctly it's not going to hit as hard as it, as it could have if you went into it a different way and i feel like a lot of us like grasp that very well and so just the song structuring in general has has gotten a little bit better than than where it was previously i think also just having the previous knowledge like he he was saying like you know they've already each of their old bands had multiple albums so they already had all of the the time to be like okay well we won't do that again we won't do that again you know what i'm saying like all the all of the um trial and error is all already out of the way and years gone so it's like you know all of the experience is right there so it's been injected in or at least we've tried to hopefully it's been hitting the mark you know <laughs> yeah i would so I, mean, be- yeah. I wouldn't necessarily I, it's hard i was trying to like figure out how to classify like the the, the, the this heavy void album and because uh, it's I don't. I wouldn't necessarily call it deathcore per se, but it's got its elements. It's also got like you know, like you were saying, hardcore elements in there. And I just kind of lump it in with the new like metalcore sound, I guess. Like it's just like a heavier mix of metalcore and uh, hardcore. And, and again, there's some deathcore elements in, in it, obviously, because you guys all have like a extensive deathcore background, obviously. Yeah, so, I think yeah, yeah. the best way to yeah, describe it. You, you want to uh, go ahead? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> it, it is definitely like, it definitely has more of a, a, a metalcore feel than our previous bands do. And and I don't, I don't even think that, like, we don't even do it on purpose. It just, like, comes out like that. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not, we're not, like, trying to write it more metalcore. It's just, like, I don't know. It just comes out. It just comes out, and that's how it is, you know? I think uh, the best way to put it is uh, all those old mosh, like, metalcore bands like on broken wings or recon or yeah stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah 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 that's i a good feel comparison. like it's more in the vein of that than like a typical deathcore band and that's what we're like trying to go for yeah, yeah no that, so, that like that, that's uh, actually on broken wings hits it kind of dead on the on the head there i think yeah like, we we uh we played tsunami fest with recon on broken wings and all those bands and the guitar player from recon was watching us and uh he was like yeah you guys are Pretty much what we would be sounding like if uh, we came out ten years after when we did. And I'm like, <laughs> cool. I love your band. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um. So you have that's what, we we're we're really trying to like to be like we want to be able to tour with the hardcore bands and not have those hardcore bands hate us for being the deathcore band. But we also want to be able to tour with the deathcore bands and not have them not like us because we're a hardcore band, but then I also feel like it kind of works against us in some instances too, because a lot of the hardcore bands do think that we're too much of a metal band to tour (laughs) with them. And a lot, you know what I mean? It's like, but as soon as we like get on tour with those bands, we end up becoming like really good friends. And and a lot of people end up digging our live show. I feel like our live show is like so much heavier than our record is. That's cool. Yeah. But do you get, since you were you've been in deathcore for quite some time, Chris, um, with your other band, uh, do you still think like deathcore gets like a bad rap currently? And is that why people are trying to stray and develop different kind of ways yeah. of being a band? I I definitely I definitely I mean I don't I don't think that it gets a bad a bad rap in the eyes of like kids that like deathcore. You know what I mean? Well, but like not them, see, but. <laughs> Through the scenes, like when, the of the scene. Yeah, like you know, when when deathcore first started, a lot of those bands were people that that were in hardcore bands. You know what I mean? So it was like it, it felt different back in like 2008 because a lot of those people came from the hardcore scene, and nowadays kids don't see you as a as kid as people that came from the hardcore scene. 
So I feel like the name Death Court still gets kind of a bad rap. But um, I don't know. I feel like if you deliver it correctly and you just, you have a certain, you're not a fake individual and you have a real, you have a real personality. You know what I mean? I feel like people can't, people can't hate you forever, you know? So fuck it. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So what's on the, oh, well, we already, I was going to say what's on the plan for you guys coming up, but you can't say, you can't say, and you can't say. So there's that. There's, I mean, hope. Hopefully we can announce a tour soon. We're really hoping for that. We have a tour booked with some really sick bands, but, um, you know, it's just, you know, who, who the fuck knows? Like, like we were talking about today. We're like, we should just call it the, can we actually do this tour tour? Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I mean, but, it seems like everything's going to be fine. I, I think, uh, with all the shows like furnace fest and all those big shows booked later on in the year, I think, I think, uh, I think some shows are going to start happening in places that rules are a little more laxed, and then that will uh, kind of, re- you know, ease people's minds as far as like what the outcomes may be of those shows. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really hope so. It's a trial run, obviously. It could be bad, could be good. Well, we're all hoping for good. Yeah, yeah, we're all hoping for good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like we were talking earlier about before we turn the the, the record button on, you got. An, Chris, if uh, if you're only listening to the podcast and not watching it, Chris has an Until the End shirt on, and uh, I've mentioned that, but I also mentioned uh, Kyle's Conquer shirt. We were talking about shirts for some reason, and uh, I either asked Chris, or I either said to Chris, uh, not Chris, Kyle, you either a Conquer's fan or you just spend all day on Depop looking at cool shit, and then <laughs> just turns out that he actually bought the shirt for Chris on Depop and yeah, he just is like a, a Depop pimp. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I, I believe you told me also before we, before we were recording that you're big into thrifting and big into old band shirts. I do that. Like yeah, that. I do. Yeah. I am also super into that. That's, um, with the band being my primary source of income, like that's what I've been doing for whenever we've been able to be in the green, at least. Um, that's been like my, my career, my job or whatever. So without touring and, you know, I, I had been doing this already while we were touring anyway, but like, I've really ramped it up with not touring is that, uh, I buy, sell, trade a lot of old band shirts, vintage movie shirts, video game shirts, stuff like that. So, um, mostly on Facebook groups, but I sell a lot on eBay and Depop as well. Um, and uh, I have way, 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 way too much stuff. Like I have a storage unit with about 20 tubs full of stuff. I have tubs here full of stuff. And um, I love it, man. <laughs> I might have to hit you up. Are you in the uh, Metalcore Collectors group on Facebook? Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. I'll see you around in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, everyone in our band actually is is a pretty big part of that group we we all we all uh interact a lot in that group oh okay well interesting i'm sure you will see each other <laughs> out there Fuck. that's uh, actually like being part of that group has has helped body snatcher a lot actually because because we we like personally know a lot of people in that group now, and like every time we're we're we play a show in a city where one of them live, they come out and we, we like hang out with them and stuff. And a lot of times people will do like big merch pickups for a bunch of other people that couldn't make it to a show. So like they'll come and grab merch for like six or seven different people that are in that group at that show. That's right. You guys do kind of. Uh, you guys are also one of the bands that do like the. I don't want to say street style merch, but it's more of like a limited type run merch situation. Yes. I mean, very rarely will we make things limited, but, um, but yeah, we do definitely do like certain drops and stuff like that. And we try to make, we definitely try to make the merch. I I don't know. We don't really try to make the merch any type of way. We just do merch that we think kicks ass. You know what I mean? That's really all it is. Sometimes I would assume I would assume with Kyle being you know the uh, the the pop guy that he is, he probably also with that input. You know, it's just a style of like newer newer metalcore bands have like you know the it seems like the merch (laughs) is being approached in such a different way these days, which is good, obviously because I also am a part time hype beast, like I said. 
So it's cool when bands have cool merch or cooler than your typical yeah. like album cover or, you know, just the yeah. name of the band. Yeah. And our merch guy is also like super high beast. Like he, he's, uh, he, he knows what the fuck is up for sure. When it comes to, when it comes to everything that's like, that's popular. Yeah. And I like to just do fun designs because, uh, fun is fun. It is fun. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, why not make fun shirts and kick ass shirts while we can, uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we always end up coming out with something that's just like we're like, all right, we're the only ones that are gonna think this is funny, but we don't give a shit, and it ends up selling well. So fuck it. Yeah, that, but you know, it connects you with the with the audience a little more. They get a little insight of your humor and all that stuff. Um, so Chris, you also, I mean, since obviously Kyle is the uh, he he flips tour tees and stuff like that all all day long. You are a production kind of person. You do like. Uh, like you recorded the first Body Snatcher album, obviously. Like, you, or you worked on yeah. it, or recorded it, or worked on it. Uh, fully produced, recorded, mixed, mastered. I've done every Body Snatcher record. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're the man with the plan on that, and then obviously you, uh, as you were in your other band, I'm sure. You, when did you get into recording? I got into recording around 2014. So right, right, so on the, right at the end of the your yeah yeah. So I never recorded any of my old band's records, but every time that like I don't know, I I used to like watch studio updates and stuff like that. The bands used to do, and that was like oh that was always like my 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 favorite thing. And I just love sick ass drum tones, and I was just like God, I want to make sick drum tones. So whenever I stopped touring full time, uh, I picked it up. And I picked it up extremely fast, and within a within a year, I was making a full time living off of it. Dope. So that, that's uh, that's that's where I've been at now. So now I've done like there's bands from Florida, like Traders and stuff like that. I've done all their records. Um, I've worked with bands like Rings of Saturn and Infant Annihilator, and um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I've I've worked with uh, with a lot of like uh, upcoming bands, basically in the in the metalcore and, and deathcore scene. And that's kind of, that's kind of my, my niche is building, building upcoming bands. I feel like. Yeah. And plus obviously like being in an upcoming band and recording their music, you know, or recording your own music obviously lends to, you know, a good, uh, good little bit of advertisement for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So rings of Saturn, uh, you worked with them. They just got into some hot water recently this week. Yeah, I so the only thing that I did for Rings of Saturn was I engineered the drums on one of the records when uh when Aaron Stakonor was still the drummer. So that was like 2008 17 I think, 2017. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder what I wonder what the issue was between them. I don't think I've uh gotten to the bottom of it yet. Nobody's nobody's like posted anything. No, yeah, so, they, they yeah. just say like the comments he made and it was like comment. Okay, well where are the comments? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. It'll be fun to see how that plays out. But obviously, they are no longer on a label. But they also are one of those bands that are wildly popular on like YouTube too. Like they have, well, certain I guess certain people in the band have YouTube channels and stuff like that that do similarly are somewhat well. There, there's just a there's a big market for that for that genre of music. I feel like though, it's just like the the over the top overboard stuff that is like holy crap, I can't believe people can actually play that. There's a lot of kids online that that really uh envy oh, yeah. that type of stuff. Lucas gets in a lot of hot water for all his stuff being like fake and whatnot. Or or they you know the internet wants to claim that it's fake and then he goes and But that dude it. could play it for real. Oh, I'm he sure he can, can, yeah. I don't it's I'm crazy. not I'm not one of those guys in the camp that say he can't. I'm just going with yeah, yeah he probably is playing it. I don't want to say he's not but anyway, yeah. I guess we'll uh, we'll cut it here. I just got one more question for you both. Um, why are Florida bands just better, dude? I've been saying that my whole life. They really are just meaner down here. I don't know why. You know, it's I think Florida heat. gets a lot. Yeah, it definitely is the heat. Florida gets a lot of bad rap for a lot of shit, but I, I honestly think we do have some fucking, especially in in the vein of heavy music, we've got some bangers down here. It's like every dude. Until the end, remembering never, kids like us. Literally, the, that's all you need. <laughs> that's like yeah, you got poison. The, you got I mean that you have like all, all the death metal stuff into the, the moat. Yeah, yeah. Oh like, my god, yeah. 
you have all the death metal stuff that happens in Clearwater, like Deicide and fucking all those things. And yeah, we we're doing it right down here, guys. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, do you guys have anything that you want to kind of end on the positive note, other than like you know Florida being the best, even uh, for for music, um, cool bands. When shows come back, uh, go to shows like you haven't been to a show in a year and a half, like you've been talking about it on the internet. And, uh, yeah. And if you don't go to shows like you've been talking about it on the internet, uh, uh, you're a nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Kyle, no, yeah. no lasting, no last comments, Kyle. Yeah. I mean, uh, really, uh, basically the same thing. If you're going to talk the talk and say you want bands to come back and play shows, come and support them and don't, uh, don't just sit at home and be a dick and uh, talk shit on the internet. Actually go and do it and uh, support these bands because um, a lot of them have been uh, pretty much suffocated for the past year and a half. So, um, Yeah, everyone else yeah. has been able to continue going to work and uh, we have not been able to continue going to work and it has sucked. So come out to shows and be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Well, Kyle, Chris, Body Snatcher, thank you very much. This Heavy Void is available, obviously, anywhere and everywhere. Also, the other material you guys had as other, uh, as your previous uh, previous members were involved. That's still available everywhere. And, uh, yeah, we will look forward to your mini announcements in the upcoming weeks and months. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, man. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.